to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. I'm abroad, living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. I explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more with my special guests and our producer, Podcast Pinguino. To read more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you're feeling generous, rate and review. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact me directly through Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. That was new, everybody. That was my new intro. I hope you liked it. Do you like it, Amanda? I love it. <laughs> First 30 seconds into the podcast and you already are disrupting with noise. Yeah, I'm a disruptful person. Sorry, I turned it off. Okay, okay, great. So, um, Amanda is my guest this week. So, tell me a little bit about you. I mean, I already know you, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, first of all, I'm awesome. Second of all, I am a Chilean Canadian. Um, I came to Chile at 13. Mm hmm. Mm, I have a daughter, she's nine, and she's awesome, and she's super bossy. And when she grows up, she's going to be a boss. And I don't know what else to tell you. What else do you want to know? I mean, I think that's good. Like, uh, you're a parent, so that's good to hear from a parent. We haven't had any parents on the podcast yet, so it's really good. Like, raising a child in, in Chile? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, but I'm not a good parent, but I'm a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I feed her every day. And <laughs> hey, I think that makes... I mean, I, I've seen you parents. I think you're a pretty good parent, so... Um, stop hitting things. <laughs> Amanda's a little new to podcasting. It's fine, it's fine. Um, so we're going to uh, be with Amanda a little bit more today to talk about some different stuff, but let's jump right into our news topics today. Sorry, we had to stop. Podcast Pinguino had a, uh, an alien or a ghost in his headphones. So, uh, green history. Chile produced its first hydrogen molecule. On Monday, Anglo-American produced the first green hydrogen molecule, H2V, which I'm pretty sure is also a type of Herbie's, in Chile, and it's la, at its La Tortolas plant in Colina Metropolitan region. The mining industry is especially interested in green hydrogen to power haul trucks, among others. The fuel also holds vast export potential. President Sebastian Piñera, Juan Carlos Hobbit, like Hobbit? Yeah. Like Hobbit? Okay. Who heads the Mining and Energy Ministries and the Anglo-American Chile CEO, Aaron Puna, participated yeah. in the event. <laughs> what does that mean? What does Poon mean? Fart. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it was serious news, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's an unfortunate name. Uh, poor Aaron. Uh, so Piñera said this represents a gigantic opportunity for the country as it is a big step towards the increased use of clean energy to protect nature and combat climate change. And Fart added that Chile, Puna, sorry, Chile has set out to be a world leader in the production of green hydrogen. Anglo-American is convinced the country has, quote, all the attributes to achieve it. Green hydrogen is produced from water and with renewable energy. That makes sense. There's hydrogen in water, H2O, right? It is obtained through electrolysis, in which a direct electric current is used to drive an otherwise non-spontaneous chemical reaction breaking down water molecules into hydrogen and oxygen. Okay. 
Its counterpart, gray hydrogen, is also a sustainable source but produced using fossil fuels. H2V promises to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions mainly in the mining industry, which currently emits 5.4 MTs of CO2 annually. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. No, it sounds incredible if they're able to actually make that work. I mean, it sounds like science. It could also be used in public transport and for household consumption. Nice. But Chile also plans to export, of course, H2V at a scale similar to copper. Ah, now I see. Now I see why we like this. Chile is the world's biggest copper producer. Income from H2V exports is expected to reach $30 billion per year over time. So this is, we pretend like we care about the green industry. Amanda, can you get your, your toys to stop making noise? Sorry. Make sure to plug in your your toys and have them charged up before your personal toys. Before <laughs> <I was> thinking <laughs> the same. <laughs> uh, okay, so thirty billion per year over time. Pineda said the amount would make Chile a top three hydrogen exporter. Chile is well positioned to achieve this goal. Apart from accommodating regulatory framework and political will, it hosts abundant renewable resources in the north and south. So what do you think? Not much. In general. I mean, what do you think about the idea of hydrogen H2V going on in Chile? Do you think it'll work? Sure, I guess. Why not? I mean, it's going to make $30 billion or whatever. Someone will make it work. So, uh, Italy requests extradition of former Operations Condor soldier. Have you ever hold soldiers? Oh, God, my words today. Operation Condor Soldiers. Do you know what this is? No idea. Okay, excellent. Um, so, uh, do you know what Operation Condor is? No idea. Do you know what a condor is? It's a big bird. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> One step in the right direction. So, Italy's Justice Minister has signed an extradition pe petition related to three retired Chilean military members who are convicted for the disappearance of two Italians in 1973, shortly after the coup. Rafael Almada. Hey, like me. Yeah, you're an Almada. Yeah. You're smoked. Valderrama, Orlando Moreno Vaquez, and Manuel Vaquez Chauan were convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Oh, you don't want to be associated with them. No. Oh, okay. No, there was no one I knew. Okay, not part of your family? No, but the Paseo Almada was part of my family. What is this? It's like my grandfather's cousin or something. But you need to explain what the Paseo Almada is. Oh, it's a street called Almada in the center of Santiago. So it was named after a person in your family? Yeah. Nice! That's cool. I mean, I would have preferred my family had Almada, Farmacia Almada money, but, well. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, okay, so they were convicted and sentenced to life in prison in Abstancia by appellate court in Rome in 2019. Their lawyers, lawyers never reacted to the sentence or made comments, which is why Italy is requesting extradition. Uh, one victim, Juan Jose Monteglio, oh, I do not speak Italian, Monteglio, I apologize to my Italian friends out there listening, was studying biology and joined GAP Sabrayende's personal guard created by the Socialist Party in 1917 after the bombing of the government palace La Moneda in 73. He was taken to Santiago's outskirts and forced to dig his own grave. 
The convicted soldiers threw a grenade on his body. Jesus. After they shot him to make sure his remains were unrecognizable. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's a lot. Okay. But part of his remains were identified 44 years later. Science. Okay. <laughs> okay. Omar Venturelli was another victim. He was suspended from priesthood when the church found out he was leading the Mapuche resistant actions. Cool. A Mapuche priest? Okay. In 73, he disappeared. Later, it emerged that he fell victim to the caravan of death. Do you know what the caravan of death is? La caravana de la muerte. Yeah. 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 Uh, the death squad created, it was a death squad created by the junta to travel around the country and kill opposition members. And sometimes they just shot into the street for no reason. Just to kill people walking around in the street. Uh, there are pictures and video in, uh, the, in the Human Rights Museum. It's pretty terrifying. But of the 97 victims, some did not have political affiliations. Right, caravan of death, just shooting out into nobody. Venturelli's daughter, Maria Paz, told the news agency EFE that thanks to sweeping social change in Chile, something could finally happen and that hopefully the convicted will have to serve their sentences. Latin American right-wing dictatorship fully implemented Operation Condor in 75, but it had existed loosely from the 70s. With the alliance, dictatorships wanted to find dissidents that had fled to other countries, um, such as Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay having other influential members. The alliance actions to eradicate dissent were driven by the paranoia of fighting global Marxist conspiracy. The operation wound slowly down after the assassination assassination of Orlando Letier in 76, who was a high-profile member of the Allende administration who fled to the U.S. He was well-connected in Washington and killed by a car bomb planted by Chile Secret Service, Dina. And really interesting that um, Letelier, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, wrote for a magazine called The Nation, and it actually still exists in English, and it's one of the only leftist English publications that exists in the U.S. anymore. So I think it's thenation.com you can read um, about the same thing that he wrote for. And you can read about him there. Um, so... Oh, so documents were found in Paraguay in 92 detailing the murder of 50,000 dissidents, 30,000 forces, appearances, and 400,000 incarcerations as a result of Operation Condor. So, do you want to share a little bit about your history with... Yeah, I mean, well, my parents were kicked out of Chile in 73. Um, nobody went searching for them or anything. It wasn't, like, they weren't important enough. They were kids. Like, my mom was 17, my dad was 19. Were they married at the time? They weren't married. They actually got married because my dad had nowhere to go. He was, like, in Ecuador, between Ecuador and Bolivia, and they were kicking him out. So he actually called my mom and said, okay, they had been dating for like years, but they were broken up at this point. He called her, he said, I need to go to Canada or anywhere. Can you please marry me so I can go to Canada where she already was? And my mom says, I don't know. I have to think about it. <laughs> and he said, I don't have money. This is a long distance call. Please answer me quickly. <laughs> yeah. And since my mom had, had, she comes from a family of divorce. My grandfather has married three times and my grandmother twice. Mm -hmm. So then she said, well, I guess I can just get a divorce. Well, fuck it. Yeah, and she just <laughs> so she just said, "Okay, let's get married," and that's how we became a family. <laughs> that's our that's our story. Are they still married? 
They are still married. They are Aww. still married. Yeah. And actually, the interesting story about my dad is that he was actually saved by a fascist. Because he was uh, studying to be a doctor in Universidad de Chile. Your dad? Yeah, my dad. Okay. And he was super political and like Partido Socialista and everything. But then when they came looking for him at the university, this guy who was very right-winged, like very pro-Pinochet and everything, said, no, I mean, you must be wrong. He's like, my, my, like this, my, he, he said that my dad was his like right hand. Wow. Yeah, and then they told my dad, and my dad ran quickly, very quickly. Was that the same day of the coup, of the shoot, of, of everything no. that went down? It was no. a different day. It was a different day. Because there was a like, I know that on the day of the coup, there a lot of people went to university. I mean, that's how they got yeah. Victor Jara. Like, they went to, to the university. University of Santiago, I think. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. Or University of Chile. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which university. My dad was actually at that moment in Universidad de Chile with Bachelet. At the moment it happened. Whoa. Yeah. But that's just a coincidence. And then they got Bachelet and they, they tortured her. I don't know if the listeners know that the former president of Chile, Bachelet, Michelle Bachelet, was actually rounded up and tortured. Well, so, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. Lot yeah, of people. just the fact that, yeah. you know, I'm just commenting. I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to put this on air if you don't want to, but uh, one of my dad's best friends, once we were like at this party, like a social family asao, and he actually accidentally got electrocuted, like plugging something in. And he had been like tortured a lot. And he said, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I'm used to it. I'm used to it." Oh my and god! We were, like, no. about it. And we were like, "Oh my god, that's not funny." <laughs> no. But anyways, how people deal with trauma. Yes, that was a special moment. Yeah. That is. Uh, that I mean, I get it. I deal with dark, dark trauma stuff. But yeah, thanks for sharing your story. I didn't know that actually about your parents. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I knew that you your family fled to Canada, but I wasn't I wasn't aware of the other part of the history so interesting um so there's a blob it's in the south did you know about a blob a blob it's the scientific word is the blob i i don't know but i can say blob for hours like blob. Mm-hmm. just like you can say fart no i like blob better oh okay so in the southwest of the pacific ocean there's a huge region of unusually warm water covering the air of the area of about the size of australia it's fucking huge and it's known as the southern blob yes so now you can talk about blobs and you'll seem smart i'm gonna talk about blobs <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna google that as soon as we <laughs> it's it. it's a real thing so several thousand miles away the south american nation of chile have you heard of it has been experiencing a mega drought for more than a decade with dwindling rain and water supplies on the surface these two events have nothing to do with each other this blob and this drought but a new study found that they are actually linked by invisible forces of global atmospheric pressure and circulation. The blob, located, <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time I say it, located, but it's not, it's very serious, you guys, located east of Australia and New Zealand emerged about four decades ago, likely caused by a naturally occurring decline in rainfall over the central trop- tropical Pacific. But over time, climate change has made the blob bigger and hotter, according to the study. The drop in rainfall affected the atmospheric circulation science in the region, creating wind patterns that changed how hot warm water currents flow, guiding more warm water. Basically, the blob is a supervillain, and it's really bad for Chile. Um, 
So the blob causes atmospheric heating, basically, because if I read the more specific stuff, I'm going to fall asleep. So um, unfortunately, this blob's uh, important, but not that interesting, except for Pinguino told me that apparently, according to Jules Verne, Cthulhu lives in a blob off the coast of New Zealand. So Chile could be attacked by Cthulhu. Do you know who Cthulhu is? No, I don't remember. Um, so this is also affecting Argentina, parts of the Andes Mountain, which relies on the winter storms to replenish, to replenish fresh water supplies. Anybody living in Santiago can just look, it, it, that, has been living, that has been living in Santiago for a while, knows, like, we're not <laughs> getting those pretty white mountains anymore. Those ski resorts aren't open. Like, they're going bankrupt because we do not have enough rain. And it's damaging not only the environment, but people's livelihoods, too. Okay, apparently, according to uh, Pinguino, they're making fake snow to keep the tourism alive. Okay, so how, someone tell me who actually skis. Is there a difference? Is it actual snow? And is there a difference in how you can ski on fake snow versus real snow? Bethany wants to know. Um, so this is Chile's longest drought in history, according to NASA. The last mega drought was a thousand years ago, and they're continuing to study this. We are all going to die. That's basically um, what I'm trying to say. So, the blob started in the central tropical Pacific, and it's getting warmer, and it's just going to continue to affect Chile. The prolonged drought is devastating farms, crop, we, so we have crop failures and also mass deaths of livestock. Revas, whoa, reservoirs are at critical low levels, and residents in some rural areas now rely on water deliveries from tanker trucks. So there's a lot that this blob is doing. It's obviously an evil supervillain, is what I'm trying to say. Did you know that it also um, has Chile with a deficit of milk? <laughs> Tell me about it. Because, because of the death in livestock? Because of the death in the livestock and because when there's less water and more droughts, the, the cows are thirstier and they don't produce as much milk. So yeah, what, they are thirsty. Every winter, we are having less and less milk and actually we, Chile doesn't produce enough milk for all the Chilean milk products. Like manjar, crema. Oh man, what, milk, are, what is, what is Chile going to do without manjar? You know what they should do? They should stop eating manjar and start eating caramel. I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it right now to the podcast. Someone can fight me. Caramel, better than manjar. I said it. It's on, oh, Pinguino's giving me the death glares right now. I think it's different, because I wouldn't put like caramel on a piece of bread and I'd put manjar on a piece of bread. Caramels is like, for, I like caramel better too, but it's, I wouldn't like use it for the same things. I wouldn't put manjar on a piece of bread either, for me, because well, it's that's so sweet. Weird. Okay. Well, what about Nutella? I don't like, I mean, like, I guess I would put Nutella on bread, but I don't like Nutella that much either because it's just chocolate. But also, I grew up in Arkansas and we it's have... not just chocolate. Okay, it, it basically is chocolate. You can be like, oh, it's hazelnut. It's chocolate, guys. I mean, basically. Pinguino and Amanda are angry at me right now. Um, no, I, uh, no, I'm a, I, but I did grow up in Arkansas, which is where we have chocolate gravy on biscuits, so chocolate on bread isn't that weird for me you know you have to like say words Pe this is not a visual media so <laughs> like 
your facial expressions at me aren't aren't getting to to the audience. So uh, they can feel my silence. The silence is palpable. It is just to remind you, it's not a visual media. Just for announcements for events in Santiago that we have coming up. Sometimes we'll do events in other regions, but right now they are coming in slow. So hopefully we'll get more as things open up. But our events in Santiago, one is this weekend on September 4th. And it is an English-speaking comedy show with the stand-up comedy group The Chistolas. If you want to know more about when, where, we'll tag that in our description of the podcast. Also, you can check out all that information on facebook.com slash the Chistolas or at the Chistolas on Instagram. And the next event is the Horrible Movie Night, which I'm actually going to be a part of with Podcast Pinguino. What we do is we host a movie night at one of our favorite bars called the Black Rock Pub, and it's a horrible, horrible movie that's horribly hilarious. We sit there, we drink, we, you know, if you don't drink, you can sip on whatever you want or eat whatever you want. We laugh, we have a good time, we get to know each other. It's really fun. So that's on October 7th at the Black Rock Pub. We'll also give you more information as that comes closer, but we really hope to see you there. We really hope to meet you in person if you're a fan of the podcast, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay, Amanda, what are you bringing to me today? What are we talking about? We are going to talk about the seven things that people think that are true about Chileans, but are not. About Chileans or Chile? Chile. Or both? Okay. Uh, so the opposite of what I did last week with Alejandro, who said things that people assume I don't that think are true. People think anything about Chile unless they're like specifically coming here. Like I remember I used to get asked, "What is Chile?" Not like I was like, "Yeah, my parents are Chilean," and they're like, "What's that?" Not even like where <laughs> Not, is that. No, what is what that? Is, is it that? a type of cheese? Yes, exactly. It, so, what type of pepper is? Yeah. Is it related to the jalapeno? It actually one of the first one is that. The first thing people would always ask me or think about chili is that we eat chilies. Like chili Oh, peppers. Chileans do not like hot food. I mean, not all Chileans. <laughs> Hashtag not all Chileans. Hashtag not all Chileans. But yeah, that... But yeah, our food is nah, kind of bland in general. It's like more home-cooked meal. It's yeah. not spicy. It's not spicy. And no, I remember people would always like say, Oh, chili. Chili. Como chile con carne. Like chili. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, in my experience, uh, a lot of Chileans don't like anything that pica, anything that's hot. I remember I had a friend when I first moved here who sold hot sauce, and he would get yelled at by Chileans, because he would, like, go to, like, ferias and fairs and stuff, and he would have, like, a little sampler out with crackers, and he had, like, and he had them labeled, like, muy picante, picante, y no pica. And, um, no pico. And... (laughs) And the one that I mean, Pinguino laughed. And the one that like does is it was supposedly like it was not hot. The only thing it was was cilantro and lime juice. That's all it was. And people would like put their like bread in it because they're like, oh, I don't like things that are hot. And then they'd be like, <gasps> and like get really upset. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a very bad example of. Uh... 
because I really like spicy food. Well, you grew up in Canada. You didn't grow up in cheese. I mean, like, at yeah, least your I, first 13 years. But I was a kid. I ate hamburgers and hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It was the famous land of spiciness, Canada. Yeah, I mean, like, Canada's not... <laughs> it's, it's not It's not like yeah. me where I grew up close to, to yeah, Mexico. So, but, I mean, so that was the first thing. The second thing is that we can dance. Are you I, sure? Yeah. Uh, people think that we can dance? People... Oh, see... We can't dance. You can or can't? Can't. Oh, yeah. Alejandra said this last week that Chileans, people assume Chileans can dance and they can't dance. Wait, what? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm confused. The second thing is that we can dance. Yeah. Yeah. People think that we have like the moves and I mean... Like you can do merengue or I don't know salsa and tango. Yeah, and girl. it's like no. I love Chile, but folks can't dance here. No, they don't. They're like super stiff, especially cuicos. Oh no. I mean, well, also I talked about this last week with Alejandro. This whole idea of like looking ridiculous is a very oh, big thing in Chile. Yeah. And so this like shaking your hips and moving your like body and blah blah blah. Chileans it's like too much, very, too much. Very very shy, and they yes. don't want to be sexy because that. What are people gonna say about me? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're very reserved and and yeah. and conservative. So very conservative, very Catholic, but not not any kind of fun Catholic. Not what? What, what do you mean by fun Catholic? Well, I remember in Canada it was Catholic too, but it was uh, protestante. That doesn't make sense. Protestant Catholics? That yeah. doesn't make sense. They were chiller. I mean, they didn't dance either, but it was, like, more normal. I'm, cons- I'm, I'm it wasn't confused as, like, with Protestant Catholics. How does this? Christian. 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 Ah, I always get both confused. What, what, what's the... Protestant Christian. What's the difference between a Catholic Catholic and a Christian Catholic? Because Christian doesn't necessarily, like, follow, like, they don't have saints... And they don't like the Latin Catholics have like saints, like Roman Catholics versus. No, it's more like Latino Catholics that have. They have like Maria, and they have the virgins, and they have like all the saints, and they have like a whole bunch more. But isn't that just Catholicism versus Protestant? Okay, yeah, I think you're talking about Catholicism versus Protestantism. Oh well, maybe. I don't know. I, it is a different thing here because Protestantism, as a lot of people know it in North America or in Europe, it doesn't really exist here. All that you have is the evangelicals, which are a whole different thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, the thing is that here, because we're so Catholic, it's very conservative. And yeah. that brings me to the third point, which is that we're sexy and flirty. So that's, uh, so people assume that Chileans are sexy and flirty? Well, I guess they think they're going to be, like, Latin lovers. Yeah, no. And no, it's like, guys, for a guy to, like, actually ask you out, I think it's, I mean, usually I have to, like, hit on a guy. And, and he doesn't even notice that I'm doing it because they're so bad at it. Girl, preaching to the choir. Like, I came here at 23, right? Like, my, I would say my sexual peak like of me being sexy and going to bars and stuff and so I was used to like being in the US going to a club looking all sexy and some dude coming up to me and being like hey can I buy you a drink and me like totally and like then like dancing and whatever and I got here and my self-esteem took a big plunge because nobody would buy me a drink nobody would come up to me and be like hey you're pretty or whatever and I would be like I guess I gotta do this and so then I got labeled as extremely forward yeah Because I would go up to a guy I liked and be like, hey, 
you know, you want to buy me a drink? And they were like, why, why would I, yeah. why would I buy you a drink? Like, right. you just want money. And I'm like, no, this is not how it's supposed to work. For me, it was like worse in the sense that I was younger, but I was still very forward. But then it was like, <clears throat> like, what's wrong with her? Like, why is she being so forward? Like it was a slut or something. When you were really young, like, <coughs> like a teenager. I was like a teenager. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I was like, no, but it's like... You're just really friendly. I'm just, I'm like, I'm friendly, and if I like a guy, I'm gonna... You're gonna flirt. I'm gonna flirt. Flirting isn't really a thing here. No. I don't think at all. And, like, guys asking you out, it's like he has to, like, really like you if he's gonna ask you out. And usually, you see, everybody is always dating someone who is friends of a friend. Yes, Because otherwise, they're never gonna meet someone just because they met in university and they yeah. studied the same thing and they were friends and then they just happened to make out one night and then they're boyfriend yeah. girlfriend like or they were friend of your cousins or friend of the family or friend 100%. of your hundred percent i need to like have somebody on the podcast i've said this before to like talk about dating in chile just like have a whole dating set. it's 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 hard i mean with my boyfriend we've been together five years i made the first move i i got his number like we started talking one night and i was just like we're totally flirting or something that I felt like was flirting. And then he was just like, okay, then bye. And I was like, okay, well, let me give you my number so we can hang out. And then that happens. And then the next time we hung out is just him and I we went to see a movie together. And he, and then like at the end of the night, I kissed him and he told me like, you know, weeks later, he was like, I did not know that was a date. I'm like, how could you not know it was a date, bro? We went, we went, you and I, somewhere, like, not, like, we went to a bar together. We talked all night. Like, he just, there's a little bit of cluelessness also. But also my boyfriend's a little, a little bit more clueless, I think, than normal people. I also asked him to be my boyfriend before he asked me. I was like, hey, yeah. I I'm can't actually, handle waiting yeah. on you to be, <laughs> you to be not chilly yeah. about this. I, I mean, I've, I've done that too. Like, most of the times it's me yeah. and like. I can't, I can't wait for you to be not Chilean. I need you, I need to, I need to take the reins here. Yeah. And that was not my personality in the U.S., but you just got, you do what you gotta do. I usually don't say, like, I want to be your girlfriend, but I'll say, like, I remember once university, I was pretty young, I was like, I like you. And he's like, oh yeah, I like you too. I'm like, I'm like, no, but I like, like you. I like, like you. I like, like you. And then he's like, well, I like, like you too. I'm like, no, but I like, really like, like, like you. <laughs> I like, 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 I like, like, like you. And like with my last boyfriend, I just was like, so I don't want you to sleep with anyone else. <laughs> and I was like, can you just, but that's and also he was like, like, so you want to be like my girlfriend? I'm like, whatever we have to do so that you don't. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, that is another thing that I have been told is weird, that gringos like like to establish yes. monogamy. Like, they like to have a conversation I, of, like... Because a lot of Chileans will just date for a long time, and then just at some point in the future, assume. they'll be like, that's my polola, like, yeah. eight months but later. That, that but there's no conversation no. of, like, hey, we're exclusive, right? Yes, I want to I wanna have a conversation. Yeah, no. Like, in a very awkward way, Because I don't, like, because, like, honestly, like, before that conversation, I'm free to do whatever the, whatever the heck I want with whoever the heck I want. I actually had the conversation before. I'm like, hey, we're not exclusive. And then I was like, okay, now how do I say that I want to be exclusive now? And it was like, so both were very awkward conversations because you're, like, having it alone and nobody's expecting it. Right. I think the key here, my guidance to for gringos dating in Chile is date a guy or a girl who's super open to doing things in a non-traditional way. Yeah. Because if you're going to date somebody who, who expects you to be a girl or guy or non-binary person who is very typical and follows the rules of Chile, it's not going to work out yeah. at all. 
So find somebody who's okay with something that's a little different, you know? So, I mean, that would be my biggest, my biggest piece of advice if you're going to date here. Um, yeah. Okay, to the next one. Number four is that we use colorful, colorful clothes. I mean, Chile right. has gotten better, but when I arrived here, uh, okay, so I was coming from Calgary, Alberta. Mm-hmm. I was a dork. <laughs> I was 13. Was a dork? I was a dork, but I wasn't as proud of it as I am today. Okay. Uh-huh. And I came like with my big white backpack with the Canadian flag and a big uh, like jacket that was bright pink with yellow and green pants. And everyone here wore navy blue, brown, and black. And very tight clothes also. They wear tight clothes here in comparison with Canada. Yeah, and everything's very uh, neutral here. Um, yeah. It, it, I agree that it's getting better, especially for the younger generation. Like, you'll see, especially in the center, with, like, people who aren't considered Cuico, you know, like, the rich upper class. The upper class is still very taupe, black, brown, uh, beige. But, like, the people in the center, you go on the metro, you cross that line into, like, um, Lower Providencia, and you see the blue hair, you see the yeah. pants, you see, the like, the different styles... And that's definitely getting better. Um, and the shoes, I remember like shoes, I would like look at shoes outside and everything was here. I remember my first pair of Converse was like a green one, but it was like a saldo, like a really sale. And uh-huh. I was like, so, nobody wanted I to buy it. Nobody wanted to buy it. And I was so happy because I had like these green Converse, which I mm-hmm. like used till they had holes everywhere. But you couldn't find like colorful sneakers until skateboarding became a thing, I think. Interesting, and even and even now, I feel like the bright, bright, bright colors aren't as aren't as. It's very niche. It's very yeah. niche. Again, I come back to the thing that I said with Alejandro, and I've said with you, like Chileans have this very conservative aspect of like they don't want to be too loud, literally and figuratively. They don't want to create waves. They don't want to make a fool of themselves. They're they're the, yeah. the younger people are getting so much better with just living their lives. Have you ever noticed that they don't wear hats? Chileans? Yeah. They don't wear hats. Cuicos like, wear hats. Cuico men wear hats. Like, Cuico boys. Yeah. Cuico boys wear those backwards baseball caps. Yeah, but hats, like, just, like, you go to New York or wherever, anywhere, and you're going to see people, like, with hats. I have tons of hats, and people just... Is this one of your hats. mentions? One of the no, people assume want, you I wear just, hats? Oh, you just wanted to mention that. I just wanted to mention that people should wear hats. I have never... Well, they're... Like, they're no, because that's something that they... That's actually true. I have ne- I will say that I have never seen anyone wear a hat in Chile except for Cuico boys. Or, yeah. like, when I say boys, like, when I say men, Cuico men, like, people my age in their 30s, like, the baseball cap, like, backwards is, like, the fashion right now for, like, Cuico guys. Yeah. It's so stupid. Like, people are always like, why are you wearing a hat? I'm like, Cause I like because hats. I like hats. I like Get hats. off my penis. I like hats. I mean, I don't have a penis, but... Me neither, but God, like, just let me wear a hat. Wear whatever you want. Be loud. And, like, what I have found out about that is that is what a lot of my Chilean friends want. They want permission to make a fool of themselves. Yes. they well, not like, all of them. Some of them get stressed. Oh, no. Like, I mean, it depends on who you're yeah. with. But, like, I mean, if you're at a super Cuico party, like, they're going to judge you. But if you're, like, with normal people, like, you go to a Chilean party and it is really boring for the first four hours. And then people get drunk. And then they start dancing. And then they start, and they let loose. And it's like, but of course, as a gringo, like, I don't like partying until 6 a.m. 
or to 7 a.m. Or because when people arrive like at 12 at night. I'm like how? What is going, okay, I'm, what's, I'm, what's happening? And then I'm, I'm, like, dr- I'm drunk by two. I'm ready to go home. But they're just now loosening up by that time. But that's another podcast episode. <laughs> but like there is a, there is, I, th- I feel like a desire to like want to have permission to just make a fool of yourself. And like, dude, that's, I feel like that's just everybody in life. Like, Wait, let's go, get back to the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, fuck, Amanda. Damn, she's telling me how to do my own podcast. Okay, well, actually, that comes to one of the things that I had written. People think that Chileans, because they drink so much, can handle and hold their liquor. Okay, this one's, I'm not as familiar with this one. So Chileans can't hold their liquor? No, they get drunk. They're just... It's very acceptable to be a drunk in Chile. That's what I think. Oh, to just drink a lot in general. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, that's but true. but it's different because like if you well my I don't I'm not sure but like you see in France or or other countries where they drink a lot, but they drink a lot but they're never like drunk. You mean like sloppy? Sloppy. Okay. Chileans are sloppy drunks, but the thing is that you get drunk as a group, so everyone's kind of sloppy drunk at the same time, and so nobody says anything. Yeah, I don't know if I've experienced that as much. I believe you because you're the Chilean in the room, besides Pinguino, who's over there. But um, I came here at 23, so I was I was obviously still getting sloppy at 23. So there was never this transition period, I guess, that maybe other gringos have that they're like, that's weird, get, getting sloppy drunk, because I still get sloppy drunk with my friends here. And uh, I think it's fine. So maybe I'm, I've well, officially fallen into I, that I, category. I wasn't saying it's wrong. I was oh, saying no, that I know, people I think that with all that we drink, it would be, but since people drink pisco, they still get sloppy drunk. Like, they can't hold their liquor. Yeah. And Chileans, it's much more acceptable to drink a lot here. Like, there's nobody's going to judge you or be like, Amanda, I think you drink too much. Like, that's very rare here unless yeah. you re- unless you're like your life is affecting somebody's other like somebody else's life like i feel like the way that i drink which is very normal in chile would be shocking to a lot of my gringo friends in the u.s exactly it's very like piola like chill here the way that i drink yeah the standards of what is it being a being a drinking a lot is different here definitely agreed okay and then i have another one which is that oh i don't know if everyone thought that but like, people are like, oh, you're going to Chile, then it means you're going to be in the sun all day, and they think you're, oh, like, yeah. in the Caribbean or something. I'm like, I have never been as cold as my first years in Chile. We were in a small apartment that had... But you're from Canada, though. But we have central heating everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's no heating here. And and you, and, and when you finally have a heater, it's like this estufa that you think is going to blow up in your face at any moment. Yeah. And you're like, true. it turns on, it's like... And don't yeah. use a gas estufa. And then that you have to go to advice. school in a jumper <gasps> yeah. with panty de lana. Like, who wears woolen panties? Woolen Hose, leggings. Like leggings, Pantyhose. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pantyhose. Yeah, so I've never been as cold in Canada as I was here in Chile. Yeah, because you had the heating and such. I had the heating. You went from the I house agree. to the car. I agree. And, um, and the school had heating. Dude, my school here didn't even have toilet paper. You had to, like, pick your own. Or if you were, like... That is a thing that still sometimes happens in the center. Like, go to certain restaurants. You have, like, I, when I first moved to Chile, you would carry toilet paper in your bag because a lot of places, a lot of restaurants, um, would not. I still do. 
I do. I have. Look, well, okay. Look, I live in Lesko on this now. I know. Boo. But boo. Right. <laughs> so shut up. Um, but everywhere has toilet paper here. But in the center, it's still a thing where there are some places, especially if you go to the old markets and everything, they don't provide toilet paper. So I used to carry toilet paper in my purse um, to use. I still do, actually. Yeah. And then also, if you're visiting here, there's, it's still extremely common, no matter where you are, that the toilet paper is on the outside of the stall, not on the inside of the stall. Uh, so yes. take a gander into the stall when you walk in to see if there's a toilet paper dispenser, because you might have to walk back out, get toilet paper, and then walk back in. You don't want to be in a compromising situation knowing that the toilet paper is on the outside of the stall. Yeah. That's um, still a thing. A very soft paper that they have. Oh, it's so delicate on yeah. your rear end, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, and the last one is the thought that we all live like in extreme poverty. So I don't know if this has happened to other people, but when I lived in Canada, the only images, my parents didn't talk that much about Chile because they thought we were going to live there forever. They never thought we were going to come back. So the only images I saw is like the ones we saw last year about like um, with the, like La Crisis. And yeah, La Crisis, and you'd see the bombs and fires. And when I used to see Chile, that's what I saw. So when I came here and I saw like a McDonald's or streets that were paved or TVs, I was like, oh my God, they're not living in little huts. <laughs> Abject poverty. Yeah, they have power, they have TV, they have cable. I mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't afford cable when we arrived, but there was cable. There was like, and and then you go to Las Condes and Lo oh, and you're like, Oh my God! Some people have like a lot of money, and so I think that's one of the things that I'm not. I don't want to say that we don't have like. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's poverty. There's a lot of poverty, but it, it's the same as when you would see the stuff of the Dia de Octubre. Like it's not everywhere all the time. I was at my house. I would never. I wouldn't see anything. I live mm -hmm. in Providencia. But if you go to the center, to, uh, yeah, there were fires and... Yeah, I mean, even, like, in the, the majority of um, Central Santiago, the center of the city, um, there's Estación Central, Nuño, all of those places, like, they still have great apartments, great places, safe places. There's absolutely, especially right now, a huge uptick in poverty. I don't, you know, Amanda and I don't want anybody to think that we aren't concerned about that, but... I remember when I moved to Chile and I told people in the U.S. like, yeah, I'm going to go live in Chile. There was always that like, so like, how do you live? Like, how often do you shower? And I'm like, every day? Like, I have a shower, guys. Like, I, I live with in a nice apartment. I have a, yeah, I have warm water, I have a shower. Like, I don't have, I, I still don't have heating and air conditioning. But uh, that's just, I think, honestly, more cultural than anything else. It's like, they've lived without it for so long. Why? I have heating, but it was like one of my life goals. You have heating in your apartment? Yeah. Your apartment is always so freaking hot all the time. Why do you need heating? Because it's warm because I have heating. No, it's warm because the sun. Like, no, your apartment is always hot. Like, in the summer, I melt. Okay. So, that's our show, yes, ladies and it. gentlemen and people of the non-binary. Amanda, thanks so much for coming Slash, I'm at your apartment, so thanks so much for letting me come and for Pinguino. We really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to I Amanda. Did. Thank you for teaching me about the blob. You're welcome. Um, so if we all get eaten by Cthulhu, you know why. We warned you. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, and when in doubt, gringo out. Bye. Okay, 
guys, don't forget our two events coming up. The Chistolas. They are a comedy group, and they're a bilingual comedy group, and their upcoming show, which is this weekend, if you're listening to this when it comes out, September 4th, is a English-speaking comedy show that is happening, and Pase de Movilidades are required. So it's going to be safe, everybody's going to be vexed, and sexy and amazing and it's gonna be hilarious and podcast pinguino is going to be telling some jokes and amanda who you just met is going to be telling some jokes alejandro from the last episode it's gonna be a great time so check out that more information at the chistolas on instagram facebook.com slash the chistolas or if you have questions just message us at the chili today podcast chili today podcast at gmail.com there's also the horrible movie night that's gonna be an, a hilariously horrible movie i believe we're watching rubber which is about a tire a like car tire that eats people or attacks people it's gonna be hilarious it's gonna be horrible we're gonna laugh we're gonna drink we're gonna have a great time pinguino and i are both gonna be there that's october 7th more information will be posted as that comes nearer thanks guys hope you have i hope you can come Hey guys, the Chile Today podcast is produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. It is written by Alicia Lubin and Bethany Francis in conjunction with ChileToday.cl. Hope you enjoy.